welcome to another inspirational message from Pastor Noob. For more information and great content, jump over to our website at elamchurchchristchurchcity.org. We hope you enjoy this message. I decided as I was praying that, um, uh, that, that I needed to do, at the beginning of this year, uh, a series on prayer. And so over the next three, four weeks, we are going to be talking about the power, powerful prayers in Scripture. Amen. Uh, and so, but let me pray. That's a good start, eh? Father, we just thank you for your presence. Lord, give us ears to hear what your Spirit would say to us. And in these next few moments, Lord, just give that rhema, that, that now word, that, that tangible word for each and every one of us. We just thank you for what you're doing in the meeting. We thank you for your presence. Every new person here, we thank you for. And uh, Lord, that your hand is over each and every one in the wonderful name of Jesus. And everybody said? Amen. Thank you, Bailey. You're amazing. So good. Yeah, give her, give her a big hand. So good. Hey, I just want to encourage you. I just saw Don Sutherland here in the meeting. I want to encourage you. Let's keep praying for Sue. Uh, let's keep lifting her up. You know, there's a lot of, lot of us who have been on this prayer chain and we're just committing Sue to prayer. Let's keep praying. And of course, uh, her, her lovely husband of many years. Let's pray for Don as well. Amen. Who's with me on that? Um, New Year's resolutions. How many have set them up already? No, given up on New Year's resolutions. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good, smart, but smart. But for many, this time of year is the time of year we all set, okay, this year it's going to happen. You know, I'm going to lose that 10 kgs. You know, I've been losing the same 10 kgs for the last 10 years. You know, amen. It always seems to, I lose it and then it finds me again. And then, anyway, so, uh, but uh, we, all, we all start, you know, with gym memberships. We all start with, with going to the supermarket and we, we skip the snacks aisle, you know, and we go straight to the fruit and veggies. <laughs> Nobody said that. And, uh, and, and so we make all these plans. We all make plans for the new year. But I, I just want to remind you how uh, God sees uh, the things in our lives actually changing. Uh, Romans 12 and verse 2, it says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. You know, resolutions are great, and I don't discourage anybody from uh, setting resolutions for the new year, but nothing will change if you don't change your mindset. Uh, it comes, change only really happens. The psychologists uh, understand this and they've known uh, human behavior for a long time and they've worked out that the only way to change a person's habit is to change the way they actually think. If they can change the way they think, it'll, it'll, it'll change the way they feel. If they can change the way they feel, it'll change their behavior. Amen. Uh, uh, God knew that even before the, 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 the first psychologist came into being and discovered all of that. And so this year, really, in order for us to change, how many are wanting change in their life? Give me a wave. Uh, I want to change this year. I want to be uh, uh, different from how I was last year. I, 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 I know what you're thinking. No, how can you be any more better than what you were last year? You were so good last year. Last year, you were amazing. Well, I, I want to change and, and be even uh, 
better this year than it was last year, but I recognise that in order for any change to take place, uh, there's got to be a change in my own mindset. There's got to be a change in the way I think. There's got to be a change in the way I approach things. I cannot rely, this is what Rick Godwin says, um, the last 20 years have gotten me to this point in my life, but it's not going to be enough to get me through the next 20 years. There was a pastor in the States who said that. And, and, uh, and I believe that for many of us, we've reached this point, 2024. Some of us never thought we'd reach it, but here we are. And, and, but we're here now. But if we were honest with ourselves and we're honest with each other, we would say in order to see change in 2024, I cannot keep repeating what I did in 2023 or in the, in the years before that. Uh, something has to shift. Uh, I was at a conference uh, last year uh, that was um, <coughs> hosted, <coughs> hosted by a prophet, by the, uh, uh, sorry, a pastor by the name of Alfred Nuttall. How many, how many have heard of Alfred Nuttall? Give me a wave. Spoke here um, a few years ago in our church. Um, he, ho- he held this intercessors uh, conference uh, at the cathedral by parliament, you know, the, the pink looking one. And, uh, and uh, he was expecting 80 people to show up. Um, and right throughout the, and the build-up to it, you know, you know, very low registrations were coming in. On the day, the first day of the conference, 400 people uh, turned up. You know, and, and, you know, just classic Christians, eh? You, know, you guys are always last minute, you know? And, and, uh, and so, but there were 400 intercessors and these prophetic kind of uh, people gathered together and the goal of the conference was to seek God for the nation. And, and as I was sitting there, I, I was one of those last-minute ones. I decided the, 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 week, the Tuesday before the conference started, I think it started like on a Wednesday or a Thursday, I decided on Tuesday that I was going to go. And um, when I sat there in the conference listening to all these speakers, they had people from all around uh, the country, some very strong um, uh, prophetic uh, 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 men and women uh, of God. They also had uh, a, 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 a woman from Tonga, Dr. Meliana uh, Puloka, who was the intercessor to the royal family. Uh, she's, she's the key. She, she actually sits on the World uh, Council of, uh, uh, of Churches. And, and um, this woman, she must have been in her 70s or 80s, and she just, when she taught, she taught with authority. That was just amazing. But as I sat in this meeting, I actually felt the Lord give me one word. And it was this word, pillars. And I, and I, and I you know, and I thought, oh, no, you, you're just watching, you know, because I was in a cathedral, there's pillars everywhere, you know, and we're right next to Parliament. Parliament's got pillars everywhere. And then the beehive, you know, there's just pillars all around it. So, but I felt God impress this word on me and, and I couldn't let it go. I don't know how you guys are with the prophetic, how you hear the Holy Spirit, but often when the Holy Spirit's speaking to me, he will just give me a word. And, and there's it it never like an, an expansion of, of detail. It's just like a word. And, and then I began over the last few months uh, since that conference, uh, began to do a little bit of research around that word, pillars. And I realized that there were pillars that are significant in Scripture. That, you know, did you realize in the temple that Solomon built, there were two pillars uh, made of, uh, I think they were bronze. 
and, and uh, they stood at the entrance into the temple, and they, were actually, they actually had names. One was called Jacob, and the other one was called Boaz. And these pillars were, were they didn't carry any weight. They were just kind of there. Uh, but as you know how God works, nothing is ever by accident. Or, uh, there's always a purpose behind it. Amen. And so anyway, I felt the Lord impress on me this word pillars. And uh, the, the Jachin actually means he will establish and Boaz means strengthens. So he will establish and strengthen. And, 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 I've, and, and, and many prophets and, and many people have since, since the building of their temple have kind, of, have kind of wrestled with what that actually means. And one person says that he will establish and strengthen uh, his church. Amen. Are you guys with me this morning? And so anyway, I felt this word for us as a church over this, the course of this year. So I am going to, at different points in this year, speak to you or speak to us about pillars that God wants to set in place or have in place in the church. I, I say all of that to say that the first pillar we're going to be talking about over this month is the pillar of prayer. Amen. Uh, you cannot do this thing called Christianity without prayer. If you don't have to be a prayer warrior, but you need to be a prayer. Amen. Each and every one of us needs to grow in this, be different in our thinking, uh, change, shift our thinking so that we shift our habits so that we're different in 2024 than how we were in 2023. And one of those areas is in this area of prayer. Now, I know the minute I say, hey, we've got a, I'm calling us to prayer, many of us are going, oh, man, I've got no time. I've got, I got kids to feed. I've got the dog to take for walks. I've got all these things. You know, I've got this, that. I've got to work. You know, you, you, just, you just come up with all these lists of why we cannot do it. But let me tell you something. If it's important enough for us, we will do it. If it's of greatest value, like breathing is of greatest value to me, amen, uh, uh, you know, for all of us. We take it for granted, but actually we need it in our lives. And, and so is the case when it comes to prayer. Are you guys all still with me? All right. So this, this is the first, so I've titled this series, um, the Powerful Prayers. We're going to look at four powerful prayers in Scripture that uh, really give us keys on how to pray uh, this year in 2024. Uh, and so I'm going to start with, uh, with Jesus' very own words, and we're going to look at the Lord's Prayer. And, uh, and so in Matthew 6, uh, 7 to 13, Jesus outlines his prayer on how to pray. This is what he says, uh, verse 7. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And other translations would finish with, for thine is the king. No. Lead us not into temptation. Oh my goodness. 
There we go. Amen. I don't read that translation, though, by the way. And so we, we see here that there are actually steps on how we are to pray. Are you guys with me this morning? The first one is this. We've got to acknowledge the Father and worship Him. Prayer starts with the Father. Okay, two people said amen. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. You know, our prayer starts with God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We are praying to the Trinity. We are praying to the Godhead. We are praying to Almighty God each and every time we come before Him. Um, just to set the context of this, this passage, this is part of the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, the Sermon on the Mount was uh, Jesus' probably most powerful sermon that He ever preached. Uh, Matthew 6, 5, 6, and 7, uh, it gives us really the outline on how to live the Christian life. And right there in the middle of it all, in, verse, in chapter 6, he teaches us how to pray. He was giving the multitudes the keys to life. And he states here that it starts with God. Come on, church. This has got to be, this is no brainer. Like everybody, oh, thanks, New. You know, that was great. You know, you know, but I've heard this one before. You know, uh, uh, but remember, guys, we know our own habits. Amen. We know ourselves. We know what we're like. We, we, we know. We know what we should do. Like, man, I, I know I shouldn't have that extra Tim Tam. You know, I should just leave it in the packet. But, man, it looks so good, just like the other four were good, you know. And, and now I'm going for number five, you know. It's like, man, one more won't hurt. That's what we say to ourselves, right? And, and so we get into these habits, but we're trying to shift those habits and so that we are doing the things we know we ought to do. Are you guys with me this morning? Number one. It always starts with the Lord. I love this picture of Moses. You guys will know this story, so I don't have to get into it. But it talks about in Genesis, it, 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 or Exodus, sorry, it's, it, Exodus 3.5, it says that when Moses came towards the burning bush, he heard a voice from the bush say to him, take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Now, let me just say something here, that, that the holiness, this, I, I got this picture of, of, of Moses taking off his sandals. I said, well, and there's many interpretations as to why God asked him to take his sandals off. And by the way, that was the one time we see in Scripture that he ever took his sandals off. Remember, Moses met with God uh, uh, as, as a man would meet with, a, as a friend with a friend. He would speak with God. He had this relationship. But the, the very first time that he met with God, God asked him to take his sandals off. Why is that? Well, I believe it had something to do with being in the presence of the Lord. Now, he talked about the land you're standing on was holy. The place where you are was holy. You know that place where Moses stood, where God had revealed himself to him, where God had asked him to take his sandals off, that was the place of his commissioning. That, that was the place of his anointing and his appointing. It was from that place that God would call him out to uh, rescue the nation. Amen. I, I believe for us, when we come before the Lord, there's got to be nothing that stands between us and his presence. 
if there's anything in us that hinders us from being in the presence of the Lord, from experiencing and encountering the presence of God, we've got to take those things off. Are you guys hearing this this morning? Those things, they can become a distraction. It may actually be a heart issue. I know, I know you guys are all lovely people, but everybody's got stuff we're working on. We're all a work in progress. Amen. If you, if you guys think you're perfect, just, you know, all the perfect people just fly around the room right now, you know. None of us. We're all works in progress. We've all got our stuff. We've all got our things. But I believe in 2024 that God is saying to us, hey, there's some things I want you to take off. You need to take off your sandals. You, you know, the sandals was a reference to his past from where he came from. He had just come from the fields. He had just come from the, the places where the animals were. There are some things within us that we have come from that we can't take into what God has for us in 2024. Are you guys seeing this? There are some things we've got to let go of. There's some things in our thinking. There are, there are just some things in our mindsets and our, you know, that, that stinking thinking, that stuff we held on to in 2023 and previous years, you know, that, that we didn't want to actually deal with, that we didn't want to well, approach. But, but in 2024, in order for us to see the new thing that God has for us, experience the new work that he wants to do in us, there are some things we've got to let go of. It all starts with acknowledging the Father. Are you guys with me? And worshiping him. Come on, let your heart be in 2024 a heart of worship. Oh. I'm going to keep hammering this this year. It's going to sound like a broken record for those that know what a record is. You know, it's going to sound like a broken record, like a skip record kind of thing. I'm just going to keep repeating this over you this year, okay? That's my job as the pastor. I'm just going to keep telling you, hey, some things you've got to let go of. I know you think no one knows. You can't hide anything from the Lord. He sees. A man looks at the outer appearance. God looks at the heart. So come on, let's, let's, let's if it's our sandals we've got to take off, because it's, it's connected to our past, then that's what we take off. Amen, somebody. Is this okay for 10 o'clock in the morning? The second thing that we read from this passage, the Lord's Prayer, uh, verse 10, it says, Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Now, your kingdom come. We know, and we've talked about this before, that Jesus, the number one topic that Jesus always preached was the kingdom. Matthew 6.33, seek first the kingdom. It was all about the kingdom. The kingdom of God is like this. The kingdom of God is like this. You know, like that. It was all about the kingdom. But here we see Jesus is saying, let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And let's see the transference of the glory and the goodness of God here on earth. Let's not separate ourselves from from earth and and, and be uh, transcended or ascend into heaven. Let heaven come here on earth. Amen, somebody. Now, there's a lot of schools of thought around the whole thing of heaven. Where is it going to be? Well, I keep telling you guys that heaven is anywhere where God is. And I, but I believe that heaven, that there's going to be a new, the Bible teaches us, go to Revelation, teaches us there's going to be a new heaven and there's going to be a new earth. They, they actually, you don't have to distance yourself one from the other. That there's going to be a new place. There's going to be a new, there, there's going to be a new temple established, a new throne. And, and, and God would come in all 
of His glory. Is anybody with me this morning? It says, we've got, it says here, we've got to recognize His authority. What is the kingdom all about? It's all about authority. So we've got to recognize who's in charge. We've got to recognize who's all-powerful, who's all-knowing, who's, who's ever-present. You know, the, 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 it says in the, in the beginning, God. Go to Genesis 1. It says, in the beginning, God. Everyone say it with me. In the beginning, God. Okay, that was not a lot of enthusiasm around that one, but that's okay. I'll take it. I'll take whatever I can get today. Uh, it, it says, in the beginning, God. That word God is the word Elohim. It's actually a plural. It actually, and, and it means creator. It means judge. It means he holds all things. It, it means before anything existed, God was present. Elohim. In the beginning, God. Not in the beginning, there were trees and there were all these other things. No, in the beginning, it was God. He existed before all of creation. Therefore, He is all-powerful and we can trust in Him. Come on, I'm telling you, when you go to prayer, but you, your prayer shifts. Because, you know, I don't know about you, but sometimes I've prayed prayers and doubted exactly what I just prayed for. I, I, don't, I know no one else does that. You know, it's just me. You know, and, 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 uh, but, but, but let me remind you that the Lord says, I have all authority. Jesus said himself in Matthew 28, he said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Amen, somebody. When we come before the Lord, we can come before him with boldness and confidence. Come on, somebody. Somebody's got to hear this today. Somebody's got to hear this because you're struggling right now, you're doubting right now, and you just need to hear these words uh, uh, and hold on. Remember the story of Abraham and Sarah, how, how the, 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 the visitors came and they prophesied over uh, Abraham and Sarah and said, this time next year you be with child. What is Sarah's response? She laughed. And then the visitors said, is there anything too hard for the Lord? The simple answer is this, there is nothing too hard for our God. Amen, somebody. I've got to remind you guys, I want to remind each and every one of you that there is nothing too hard for the Lord. Therefore, you can pray those prayers that you're praying for and believe in confidence. A number of years ago, as a pastor, I do a lot of different things. And uh, one of them was I visited a couple in our church that had, uh, that were in ICU, and they were old, older couple, uh, not sorry, they weren't a couple, there was a husband and wife, but the, it was the husband who was in ICU, and, and um, there were tubes coming out of everywhere, the, the, when they called me, it was like dire, like this is, not, this is, a, this is a desperate situation, we're, we're, we're needing help, the, the doctors are saying, Bring the family. You guys ever been in that situation when they say, it's time for you to call the family? It's like this desperate moment. I was there. I got caught in and I walked into the ICU unit. I went to the room where, where he was. And it's, it's an open space. There's, there's, there's no separate separation of rooms. It's just one big room. I went in there and I stood at the foot of the bed and I felt the Lord say to me, He's going to live. 
Yeah, it was awesome. The problem was I didn't say anything because I was too chicken. I, I was too afraid. I was like, man, I feel the Lord telling me to tell them he's going to be okay and he's going to live. But I chickened out because doubt just plagued my mind. And so I prayed a more general prayer. Lord, bless this family, bless that, you know. And then I left. Well, two, three weeks later, I get a call from the family and they're telling me, hey, he's leaving the hospital. And I'm going, oh, that's awesome. But inside I'm going, why didn't I say that? I should have told them. I missed an opportunity. Are you guys hearing this this morning? Sometimes doubt, sometimes unbelief robs us of the blessings that God wants to reveal to us. That's why we need to rely on the authority of God. And, and if it happens to me, I know it's got to happen to somebody else in this room. I cannot be the only one that doubts. No, 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 you know, I'm, I'm, in, I'm with Thomas. You know, we're buddies. You know, we doubt. You know, like, I want to see his hands. I want to touch his side. I want to see, I want to speak to him. You know, I want to see all of those things. You know, because uh, we doubt. But we need to remind ourselves, come on, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You, you are God creator. You created all things. And I've just got to remind myself, I've got to remember, 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 remember that you are in control. Is anybody hearing this this morning? So as you are praying for those things this year, come on, just, just trust in the Lord. Come on, trust in God, His authority. He is almighty God. He is El Shaddai, Elohim. He is, he is uh, Jehovah, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Shalom. Jehovah Nisi, come on, he is, he, is, he, is, he is your God. Amen, somebody. The third thing is this. Is this okay this morning? You've got to have to help the preacher this morning. Um, the third thing is this. Verse 11, give us today our daily bread. I've got two words for you. Ask God. Ask God. Some of us, we doubt so much... Whoa. See, even God's telling us to pay attention. You know, we, we doubt God or we doubt ourselves so much that we don't even bother to ask. Amen. We've got to keep asking. What are you asking? The Bible says you have not because you ask not. Ask and you receive and your joy will be complete. Uh, 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 David, I think it was oh, David, he said, the one thing I ask, this is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and worship him in his holy temple. There, there, there is, we've got to ask God. Amen, somebody. And can I just add a little, little caveat to that? Can you keep on asking in 2024? Is anybody hearing this this morning? You know, I, I, uh, have you heard of this pastor? Um, I think he's gone on to be with the Lord, actually. David Yongi Cho wrote a book a number of years ago called The Fourth Dimension. And in this book, he details his early life, like young student, you know, straight, going through Bible college, you know, well, they call it seminary, and, 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 uh, they, and just living on scraps, very little, couldn't afford a thing, you know, just making, trying to make ends meet. Uh, and um, one of the needs he had was a bike to get to his college. 
And so he's crying out to the Lord. He says, Lord, I, I, I want a bike. Can you get me a bike? And, then, and he's just praying this prayer. You know, oh, Lord, give me a bike. And then he feels the Holy Spirit speak back to him. And he says, well, what kind of bike do you want? You know how many bikes there are? What kind of bike do you want? They say, oh, I, I want a 10 speed with these big, big wheels and, a, and, and it has to be red. I think he, for some reason he wanted a red bike. I want, I want a red bike. And then a couple of days later, now I kid you not, yeah, this is in the book, all right? A couple of days later, guess what turned up on his door? The 10-speed bike with the big wheels and, the, and red paint. Here's a lesson for us all. You've got to keep asking. But when you ask, don't just, oh, Lord, bless me. Well, what kind of blessing do you want? You know, you know how many blessings there are in the Bible? Well, which one do you want? You, you guys got to start getting specific about your prayers. You guys have heard my story about how we bought our house, right? Have you heard that story? We, we were in a two-bedroom unit. You can drive there now if you're after the church and, and, and find it for yourself. Corner of North Avon and North Parade. There's a little unit block there. For the first four years in Christchurch, we lived in that unit. It was mold in the corner. There was draft coming through the floorboards. It was the coldest thing, but we loved it. Because it was our unit. And it was close. It was close to everything. And, and, um, but we would pray. We would pray every night for a house. And we made a list. Tawa and I would sit in, sit in our bed and we'd make this list. Oh, it's got to be four bedroom. It's got to be close to a park. You know, and it's got to have open, open, open plan. It's got to have a deck. And there needs to be another lounge. And, and, and your, your family always comes over. So we're going to need my space. You know, it was like all these things on this list. And, and, and then one day, um, after we, we held onto this list for two years. We just keep praying over this list for two years. You remember that, huh? And, and, and uh, just tell me if I'm lying, okay? You just, news lying, it's not true. None of it's true. Uh, uh, we prayed over this list. Tawa sees something about an open home, and she says, I want to go see it. It's in St. Martin's, and, and so we walk in, and I look around. And I go, this is way out of our price range. We can't, we can't do this. I walked, you know how you do that token? Oh, yeah, I just like touch things and then you walk straight back out after five minutes. That, that was my attitude. You know, and anyway, I, I, I go, uh, um, Tawa says, oh, there's an open home again. I want to go back. Well, this time, oh, oh, man of great faith, I sat in the car on the street <laughs> while she walked around. Because I said, there is no way we're going to get this house. Uh, the agent, you know, I don't know if they just say this for the sake of saying it, but the, she told us, oh, there's at, there's at least three or maybe four interested families in this house. Uh, so you really need to put in a good offer. And so we get to the day of the auction. And you know what happened? We were the only ones bidding on this house. And, and when we bid on the house, I... I don't know if you've ever been in an auction and bid on something. Man, I was sweating and everything. And I bid on this house. We won, we won the house. We got the bid. They, they, they took us, but it was so low, they took us into a side room and, and upped the price. It was $5,000 above what we said was our limit, but it was $60,000 below the reserve. We walk into this house. Day one, we take the keys, walk into the house. 
I stand there in the lounge. I look around and I went, the list. When we went through the entire list, everything that was on that list was in this house. Amen, somebody. So you got to be specific. What, don't just ask for blessings this year. Come on. Not that God's confused about what you're asking about, but it's for you. The, the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. The minute you release that, that's why many of us, we stop asking because it's, it's, it's at that point of shift that, that we're no longer holding it inward. Now we're releasing it. And now we've got to actually act on it and believe for it because we've now released it. Are you guys getting this this morning? I haven't got time. Bailey's telling me I'm, my time's up. <laughs> nah, Bailey, you're amazing. I want, to, I want to just share quick two more things and then I'm done. Is that okay? I can do it in two minutes. <laughs> Sorry, I just lied. Uh, uh, verse 12, it says this, And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. I want to point out something to you here. This, forgive us our debts as we forgive our, uh, our debtors. This is... Number four on the list. It, are you guys hearing this? No, you're not seeing this. Let me say it again. This is number four on the list, meaning you don't have to be holy before you approach the Lord. You don't have to be right with God before you approach God. You can approach God as you are, sin and all. Amen, somebody. Warts and all, mistakes and all. You know, I'm mucked up this week. I'm mucked up today. But praise God, this is only number four on the list. It is not number one, because number one is going to the Father and acknowledging that He is God. Number four is then confessing your sins. It's not saying that confession is not important, but it's saying it's not what you need to enter into the presence of the Lord. Are you guys seeing this this morning? I love these words. This is a, this is a quote by St. Teresa of Avila, it says, I say from experience, let him never cease from prayer who has once begun to pray, even though his life is ever so bad. For prayer is the only way to amend one's life. Without prayer, it will never be mended. Let him not be tempted of the devil as I was. I give, uh, to give up uh, prayer on account of one's unworthiness. Let such a one rather believe that if he will only repent and prayer and pray, our Lord will still hear and answer. Are you hearing this this morning? What this is saying is this. You can come before the throne room of grace as you are. I praise God for that. I don't know about you. I thank God that I don't have to be as white as snow or as pristine or as holy art thou before I come before the Lord. I come before the Lord as I am. Mistakes and all, I mucked it up. You know, whatever it is, kicked the dog, ran over the cat. I don't know, whatever it is in your household. But I can come before the Lord. And the Bible says this, if we will confess our sins, He is faithful and just, will forgive us our sins, purify us from all unrighteousness. Is anyone hearing this this morning? And the last thing is this. When you start repenting, when you start confessing your sins to the Lord, 
you're going to expect a little bit of resistance from the devil. Amen. That's why God put this in there, in the Lord's Prayer. It says here in verse 13, And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Deliver us from the evil one. There's a movie out right now. Uh, It's called One Life. And uh, it tells a story of Nicholas Winton, uh, who saved 669 Czech Jewish children from the Nazis and sent them to England. He rescued them. He delivered them. Deliverance means that I'm going not change your circumstance, but I'm going to change your position. Your circumstances change, stay the same. Well, let me say, the situation stays the same, but I'm removing you out of that situation. And I'm delivering you. When, when, when Moses delivered uh, the, 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 the nation of Israel out of Egypt, he took them out of their situation. When we pray prayers of deliverance, we're not praying, Lord, combat the enemy and, and cast out all. We, 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 we come against evil. Evil is present until Jesus returns. You just got to get used to that. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You can do. Okay. But deliverance is all about taking you out of your circumstance. So, if, Lord, that's why you've got to shift the way you pray. Lord, 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 I, I, you know, I come against evil. No, you, you say, Lord, deliver me out of that evil. Meaning, let me posi- be positioned in a different place. Are you guys hearing this this morning? It's a different way of thinking. So this morning, as we come to a close, and we're going to share communion together. This has been another great message from Elam Church, Christchurch City. For more content and updates, come see us on our Facebook page or jump over to our website. Thanks so much for listening.